Ron Van Dam. He's got what the kids call mad skills, which he thought meant he was really good at being angry about everything. Well, live and learn. This is the Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Yeah, come on in. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing. Have a piece of cheese, perhaps a cracker. What do you think? I've assembled a cheese tray for you because that's the way I treat my audience. Pick a pick a cheese. Go on. Pick from any one of these cheeses. Oh, I said Jesus by mistake. I mean, uh, want Gouda? Huh? How about Gouda? Come on, bear. Come on, bear. You want? Yeah. How about Swiss? How about a nice? How about American cheese? Ew. Ew. Uh. America not known for its cheese. I know we got the cheese coming out of Wisconsin. We got a cheddar going on. It, it's not, you know, it doesn't compare to the other cheeses from other countries. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> Do you ever have blue cheese? It's very, very tasty, especially on a burger and in a salad, perhaps. But blue cheese looks like it's already spoiled considerably. It's cheese that's already to, it's turned colors. It's, it's, it's got a greenish kind of weird thing going on in the cheese. It's, it's moldy is what it looks like. If you thought I was going to spend the next half hour talking about various varieties of cheese, you're right. I have talked about this before because it is, it's so fascinating. Certain things are so fascinating to me, although they, they really have no consequence in any form of life whatsoever. But yeah, they're, they're still fascinating. There's a supermarket near where I live, and they have a cheese section. Not just a section of cheese. I'm talking a cheese section. There's an entire part of the supermarket that is devoted to cheese. And if, if, if you walk throughout the store, you can hear people say, do you know where the cheese is? Yes, I found Jesus. It's over there. It, it's, it's not religious, though. It has to do with the cheese. They have cheese from every single country. I don't care what country you're from. You have your own cheese. I know the countries are identified by their flags and their national birds. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, they have national birds. And they have nicknames like the Garden State, the Disgusting State, the Kiss Me State, the Show Me State, the Don't Show Me So Much State, the, uh, you know, but they also have their own cheeses. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but not state, you know, country-wise they do, you know. 
I, and I find it fascinating. Sometimes I will spend the day going around the world eating different types of cheese, in which case I don't move my bowels for about three months, but yet it's a fascinating journey. So I'm in the supermarket, and I am I just love the cheese section. Cheese is very expensive. It's not cheap. There's no cheap cheese, really. American cheese is fairly cheap, but even that's gone up in price. I guess uh, many uh, cheeses come from cows and sheep, and um, that's about it. Uh, dairy things, you know, they, uh, what is it? I don't think cheese comes from sheep. Wait a minute. No, those that's sweaters. I've got that mixed up with sweaters. I think it's a dairy thing. Goat, goat cheese. I guess. I guess you can milk a goat. I never did. I wouldn't want to. There's no point. Although there's not a lot of goat milk, in the, but there's goat cheese, so I'm not sure about how that's working out. I don't know that much about this. The reason that my shows may be somewhat interesting is because I don't Google what I'm talking about. Then I'd sound like an expert, and that's just boring. I like to discover things with you or make you feel like you know more than I do, although you really don't. But I make you feel that way, and that's good. I was watching Jeopardy last night, and it felt like a total moron. I really did. I didn't know the answer to anything at all. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I knew a couple, but that was just, you know, lucky. Uh, but so I'm watching these these brain trusses, uh, you know, standing there behind the podium. They they throw, they find three of them. One of them is always smarter than the other two. That's the champion. And they're answering questions, and I think they're just showing off as all they're doing and making me feel that I'm incredibly stupid. Although I know I'm not. It's just that they seem to be uh, doing the questions that I don't know anything about. Um. But that's okay. I don't care. I really don't. I don't aspire to be that smart. I don't. I don't want to be like them. I do not want that. I, I don't know what their sex life is like. Probably not great. But I don't want to be book smart like that. I'm, I'm not into that, man. I, I, I can't retain that much information so that I can win some money on a game show. It doesn't work like that for me. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, at a cocktail mixer, do I show that I know everything about everything? That's standoffish. People are just going to go, oh, you're like a, ugh, get away from me, you show off little monkey. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, uh, cheese. So, <laughs> whoa, took a wrong turn on that road, huh? Yeah, cheese is a good time. Uh, it really is. Before a meal, it's nothing like having a little glass of wine and a piece of cheese. It's nice. It's all right. It's sophisticated as well. It's sophisticated. Every once in a while, you should feel sophisticated. Yeah, I don't care who you are. Try a little sophistication. You don't have to have money to be sophisticated. No, not at all. Oh, no. All you do is you buy a wine glass. That's like at the dollar store. I'm sorry, the dollar twenty-five store. Get a wine glass, get a cheap bottle of wine, or even a box. Some kind of container. Kind of, yeah. And you pour the wine in there, and you get a piece of cheese. I mean, even mice in, in the attic, they're eating cheese. They don't have any money. 
and you eat a piece of cheese, have some wine, all of a sudden you're sophisticated. You put on a little bit of an accent, you know, a little British accent or something like that, or maybe Parisian, you know, like, hey, this is a wonderful wine. I love this wine. Something like that, you know, or the or the British is, is that's a really great accent for the wine. Hey, I'm, I'm really, uh, this is a sophisticated little, I'm sifting through the, the, my, the, the nodules of my nose, and this is really quite appetizing. Have you tried the cheese? Why do some of those British people sound like they're whining all the time? I don't feel really very good. I'm... I believe I'm losing my balance and I'm about to fall down onto the ground. Sounds like whining. Oh, you don't want to. Don't date anybody that whines. You might find it a little bit uh, fascinating at first, but after a short period of time, whoa, that is annoying. So there's this cheese section at supermarket. (laughs) Frequently shop at. And they have all the kinds of cheese wedges cubes blocks i mean they're just it's a they must have a hundred different cheeses <laughs> god uh so yeah so uh yeah uh, the interesting part is that uh on the wall uh, near the you know, registers where you give them the money so that you can leave with the product uh, the checkout registers, I guess you call them. I don't know, the cashiers, the, those people. Uh, there's a big mural on the wall, and it has the heads of all the departments in the supermarket. Heads of departments that I've never heard of. There's uh, the head of the pet department. That should be fun. And there's the head, there's the deli department manager and the floral manager and the frozen food manager, and the what's-in-that-can manager. And then there's a cheese manager, and that always fascinates me because it's just odd. It's just, (laughs) what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a uh, neurophysicist. What do you do? I manage cheese. Excuse me? What do you do as a cheese manager? Well, I order the cheese when we're getting low in one kind of cheese. And I wait for the cheese to come in. And when it does, I unpack the box that the cheese is in. And I'm supposed to inspect the cheese, but it's just a waste of time. And then I uh, take the cheese and the various cheeses out of the box and I place them in the cheese case. We have a case for cheese. I can make a case for cheese. And I put it in the proper area. You got your Parmesan, you got your Gouda, got your mozzarella, you got your blue cheese, you got your red cheese, you got your purple cheese. And I place them in the proper areas in the display case. It's a world of cheeses. And that's what I do. Uh, that's what I do. I, and I sit uh, near the cheese case, case and, uh, and, I, and I stand there and I am the cheese manager. Someday I hope I can be elevated uh, and get a higher salary by managing some other department like Perhaps the frozen food area, that pays a little bit more than the cheese does. 
But I, uh, did you go to school to learn about the various cheeses? God, no. What are you kidding me? I work in a supermarket. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I don't know. It says on the label what the cheese is. What the hell am I supposed to do with it? Come on. Come on. It's a full-time job. Sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, my phone will ring because I still have a house phone because I'm a cheese manager. That's what we do. And I'll uh, answer the phone 3 in the morning, and it's the manager of the entire supermarket saying there's an emergency. We're running low on Gouda. Get your ass in here. And I do, and I order the Gouda, and that's what I do as a cheese manager. Because someday, someone could walk into the store, to the cheese section, and say, I'm having a party, and I want to feature Gouda as the major cheese. And you don't have enough Gouda for <laughs> for an individual, much less a party. I'm taking my business elsewhere. Well, the, the manager hears this and, and says, whoa, Bob, you're slacking here. Uh, we're low on Gouda. And uh, the customer complained that we were low on Gouda. What the hell's wrong with you, man? What the hell's wrong with you? I give you a simple job like managing cheese. Cheese doesn't even move around. It just stays in one place. What is the problem? You don't have to chase it down or anything. Also, we found a um, small package of mozzarella that had reached its sell-by date. And I'm telling you something, Bob. In this store, uh, we don't do that. If a customer sees that we're selling something that's outdated, we are in big trouble. We could be sued millions of dollars for poisoning people with bad cheese. Bob, I'm going to have to write you up and put this in the file that uh, you've been reprimanded for sloppy cheese work. Uh, if this happens one more time, I'm going to ask you to haul your ass out of here and go find employment somewhere else. Hopefully someplace where they're not featuring cheese because you have proved yourself to be awful in this particular category. You know, Bob, I had my eye on you. Not physically, that would be stalking, but I, I had my eye on you, in a sense, to be the deli manager because you work well with bologna. I've seen you work with deli meats, and it's impressive. It's impressive. But if you can't keep a cheese in stock, Jesus, Bob, what's wrong with you? Well, you can kiss that deli position goodbye. And I had a lot of faith in you, Bob. I was going to, you know, we start people on the on the meat slicer, you know. Um, usually it's like three years on the meat slicer before we even consider you for deli manager. Maybe assistant deli manager, but that's stupid. That's just a title. We were th- we had high hopes for you, Bob, but this is running low on Gouda, outdated cheese. Wow, you have no idea how one bad package can kill our entire reputation. So, Bob, I suggest when you go home tonight, you uh, 
you sit down and you think about your career and where you're going to go. And uh, I'm telling you, Bob, one more mistake like this and you are out of here. Goodbye, Bob. I said goodbye, Bob. All right. Um, that's a little behind the scenes of what happens in some supermarkets. How do I know? I don't. It's the presupposition that I have just performed for you. Also, I played the part of the uh, store manager there. I know, it's impressive. Uh, you thought I was just a talk show host? No. I do impressions of various occupations in different languages. Eat-eat-eat-eat-eat-eat. I, uh, I went into a convenience store. As I said on yesterday's show, the convenience store is not all that convenient. They, uh, they're they quite inconvenient. Uh, prices are jacked up to the point where you shouldn't be really buying anything from that place, but people do. So I went into the convenience store, and there was a guy behind the counter. Didn't speak English real well, but we're in America. That's not a requirement. So the guy's behind the counter. Nice guy, too. I can't pronounce his name because there were no vowels in it. So he's standing behind the counter, and, I, and I, I get a little cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee a lot, but if I go to a convenience store, it's convenient to get the coffee. And Ron, the convenience store coffee? Pfft, what the hell? It's bean juice. Give me a break. Stop being so highfalutin about your coffee. It's 99 cents, you know? Seriously, come on. So I walk up to the counter with the coffee and uh, the guy behind the counter, and I think he is either part owner of the, of the convenience store or thinks he is. And I walk up and he looks at me and he says, hey, uh, that'll be uh, 99 cents, boss. I'm, a, I'm the boss? I just came in to get a cup of coffee. Now I'm the boss. I've been thrusted this 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 incredible responsibility all of a sudden. So I looked at the guy behind the counter, just called me boss, and I said, hey, you're fired. He didn't know what to do. He said, oh, that's funny. That's funny. I said, no, you're fired. Get the hell out of here. He what are you talking? You called me boss, and I'm accepting the position. I know there's no pay involved, but first of all, I'm not paying for the coffee because I own the place. Secondly, get your ass out of here. And he did. He did. He left. I've owned this convenience store now for three years. I never show up. I don't know anything about it. That's not true. Okay, fine. No, but they do call me boss all the time. And I, and I thought that, well, it must be the way I carry myself. I look like I'm the boss of everything, right? But then as I'm walking out of the door, uh, out of the door, as I'm walking through the door <laughs> with the coffee in my hand, I overhear the guy behind the counter call the next person who goes up to the counter. Say, hey, how are you doing, boss? Don't, you can't call everybody boss. That's not right. Now you've demeaned my position. I thought I would, hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. I thought I was the boss person behind the counter with no vowels in your name. I thought I was the boss. This person's the boss too, this five-year-old kid? You call a five-year-old kid boss? Wow. Now I don't feel so special anymore. I feel like an idiot. 
And I guess that was the, uh, the reason for doing that. We're going to take a short commercial break. We have a guest today, and when we come back, our guest will be joining us. Hopefully something will be of some significance to you. But uh, first, this. Gentlemen, have you ever been in the mood for a nice knish or maybe bagel in the schmear, but you're also in the mood for some exotic dancing? You can't find those in the same place. Until now. I'm Moishi Kaufman, inviting you to come visit us at Moishi's Knish and Strippers, the area's first genuine kosher deli and titty bar. Come in and rock out with your locks out and check out our dancers. These girls are so nice, you'll plots, and they're all certified kosher. Maybe not the kind of girl you bring home to mother, but once you see Delia fold a dollar bill without using her hands, you won't care what mom thinks. Look, Bobby, you're in a strip club. That alone is enough to kill her. So live a little. Every Thursday, don't miss our buns and brisket buffet from noon to six. Moishi's condition strippers is closed on the Sabbath. Hey, we might be a little unorthodox, but we're not heathens. Dr. Donald Hensrud joins us now. He's Mayo Clinic Medical Director. And Donna Borger joins us as well, and we'll introduce her in just a second. Uh, first, uh, Doctor, thanks for being with us. We're talking about uh, achieving the weight loss goals and the reasons for them. Thanks for being with us. Happy to be here, Ron. It, this is interesting conversation because almost everybody has this in their in their minds right now, especially this time of year, and it's to be healthier, uh, to lose weight. Uh, what are some of the reasons that people actually want to achieve this uh, this weight loss? Well, it's challenging. People know how challenging it can be, and one of the issues that people have, they need to approach it in a good way, in a positive way, and have a good plan. The Mayo Clinic diet is more than a diet. It's a lifestyle change plan that can help people not only lose weight, but most importantly, improve their health and feel better. It's realistic, it's practical, and it's enjoyable enough to be sustainable. That's Yeah, that part two is very important because, you know, if you try real hard, you can lose some pounds, eat properly, and then uh, all of a sudden you're, you're back on it. I know January is... Uh, you're supposed to not drink alcohol for the month, but that's silly because then you can't wait till February because then you can drink again. So, <laughs> so that goes nowhere. But we're talking about uh, lifestyle changes here rather than uh, losing weight, I guess. That's exactly right. Many programs, diet programs, are something that people just endure through. They're here today, gone tomorrow. We're in it for the long haul. The Mayo Clinic diet has been around for more than a decade. We now have the third edition that's out. We have more meal plans, and we want to bring it to people to not only help them to lose weight, but to feel better. That's important, too. I, I guess that there, there's a psychology to this as well, isn't there? There certainly is. The psychology is very complex, but it doesn't have to be drudgery. If people approach this in the right way, you know, many people say when I was more active, when I was eating better, when I weighed less, I felt better. And they should listen to that, and we can help them do that yeah. with the Mayo Clinic diet. We're in it with the with them for the long haul. Now, Donna Borger is here, and uh, Donna, thanks for being with us as well. I, I'm interested how how you transitioned from one point to the other. I mean, how did you do this? 
You know, Ron, it was just one day I had gone to the doctors and I had horrible numbers with my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed pre-diabetic and I didn't want to continue to live that lifestyle. I wanted to be a healthier role model for not just myself, but for my daughters and for other people in the community. So I knew that I had to take my, basically my own life into my own hands and find a program that was going to promote a healthier lifestyle, such as Dr. Hensrud had said. I had been a serial dieter. I had tried all sorts of different programs, mm -hmm. and they were just too restrictive and gimmicky for me. Sure, I lost the weight while I was on them, but once I had gotten off, I gained the weight back, if not more. Yeah. I really wasn't learning anything. It mm -hmm. wasn't an education in nutrition. It was just a quick fix. It's interesting that, I mean, I, I laugh, but at the same time, it's serious that, I mean, anybody over the age of 30 has prediabetes, has high blood pressure, and has uh, high cholesterol. Uh, that's almost like a fact of life in America. Um, so what your story is almost like normal as far as the symptoms are concerned. Yes, it's very true. Unfortunately, we in America have used food as comfort instead of the true nature of it being medicinal and food and fuel for our bodies. And the new Mayo Clinic diet, their larger mission is to inspire hope and whole health. And that's really what you're learning is to promote a healthier way to approach food as well as a learning a lifestyle that's healthier for you. D Doctor, how do you get over that hump of actually getting getting into it i mean we, we we're famous for saying i'm going to start this next week yeah i'm going to look at this next week and then uh, see what happens and then next week never comes um, yeah. how, how, how do you hit that hump the milk clinic diet is in uh, has two phases the lose it phase and the live it phase the right. lose it phase is a quick weight start plan we know people want to lose weight and tomorrow isn't soon enough so we came up with changing 15 habits that people will change suddenly. Okay. They're all safe and healthy, and people can lose weight and feel better right away. That jumps, they jump right into the program there and get over that hump. Then they take in the livid phase and take those habits and turn them into long-term lifestyle changes. Yeah, you made a good point earlier that when you start feeling good, you want to you want to stay feeling that way. Um, so then it's, it's feeling good versus eating the ice cream cake. And, uh, some people go for the ice cream cake. Uh, but, but at, th at that point you actually have a choice. You've been demonstrated that you can feel good. And I guess that's, that's the lore, isn't it? You're, you're exactly right. The ice cream will give you a quick fix, but it doesn't last. Yeah. Once people get into this plan, they realize that the lifestyle that leads to a healthy weight doesn't have to be drudgery. Uh -huh. It can and should be an enjoyable way to live. Wow. Donna, let me, can I ask you what you do professionally? Uh, professionally, uh, I am now a certified nutrition coach. I've been a seamstress for 20 plus years, okay. and I also work on the administrative portion of my fiance and I's project management business. Wow. So you actually now are kind of uh, helping us all along with this concept. Yes, I am. I, I thoroughly enjoy helping others, finding a healthier lifestyle. I'm, I'm basically their virtual cheerleader, coaching them along, providing them with this inspiration to continue on this journey, and teaching them that diet is such a, a you know, obtrusive word nowadays. Yeah. But I want them to know that it's not a, just a quick diet. It's not a temporary thing. It is a healthier lifestyle that you seriously 
need to live mm-hmm. and to lead in order to, you know, continue to be energetic and do the things that you love to do. Yeah, I mean, you can you can do both. Um, there are many foods that are quite enjoyable besides the ones that are too sweet and and. Uh, make you uh, fat I mean there's there's other <laughs> there are other foods to eat hello I did not know that sometimes but there are yes yeah um, do you do a lot of your are, are doctor are, are people that retired do they and and they may, maybe even uh, cook their own meals is that a smarter way of, of going about it and, and getting into the more nutritional aspects I know when I was working day and night, I was eating crap uh, for a snack and then going out to lunch and eating, you know, they cooking fat in most restaurants. Um, does that actually make a difference? Yeah. Uh, I see patients every day and I talk to them about retirement. That's an ideal time mm-hmm. to invest in their own health. They may have a little bit uh, more time to explore different ways of eating, mm-hmm. enjoyable patterns of eating, and the return on investment is tremendous. Yeah, I mean, that's that makes sense, and that's usually the time of life when you need to start really taking it seriously because you may may be a bit more sedentary, and that those those things just don't work out. You you do have to make some changes, and 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 you learn what discipline means. <laughs> you know, when once you achieve something, uh, it's not only that you may be losing weight, but you're feeling like, well, I can be in control of my life. I did not know I could do that. I was always surrendering to this. So that's psychologically, I guess, important too. That's a really good point about mm-hmm. being in control, and it doesn't have to be control of drudgery as people try yeah. and lose weight. It can be exploring a, a whole new uh, enjoyable lifestyle change. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I think you've made some people think about this. Now, what do they do about it? Where do they go? They go to mayoclinic.com or just search Mayo Clinic Diet online. They'll find out about our online program, about the Mayo Clinic Diet book, about the journal. And we have a companion cookbook, Cook Smart, Eat Well, from Mm -hmm. the Mayo Clinic that can help people implement it. Great. Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. Donna, thanks for being a great example, and it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Well, that shall do it today for me. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new show until that time arrives, and it will. I'm going to wish you a little bit of peace here.